Last week on the Glass Cannon Podcast, the heroes faced off against a gargantuan horror. It really does look like a combination of a dragon and a plant, and it is gargantuan in size. Oh the, my uh, goodness. It flies through the open doors uh, leading from the hanging gardens into the room and rears back its head. But the gunslinger turned the tables. Here it comes. Natural 20. Oh! Oh! Emboldened by another victory. Second attack. Natty 18. Oh, okay. 45 more points of damage. Now it's dead. Okay. <laughs> Uh, CR 16 creature. I mean, I'm so sorry. (laughs) They pushed forward into the hanging gardens. You walk out into this garden, leaving the brightness of the greenhouse behind, but still this open air space where the platform just descends into nothingness on the other side. Oh, no. The adventure continues now. I don't want to get political. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Shut no, it down. No, so no, please, please, <laughs> during the following conversation, Matthew, refrain from discussing this administration or prior administrations. However, did you guys hear about this missile that China shot into space? It can fucking circle the globe and then drop a nuke. Anywhere. You mean the thing the Russians and the United States have had since the late 50s? Well, I heard <laughs> that... Grant, don't get Grant, political. Stop. We asked not to get political. You mentioned two specific political entities <laughs> violating Troy's political what, order. What was China when he mentioned it? Was that not... Okay. They are a neutral party. Got it. <laughs> they... I, I heard that America was stymied by their technology. When you say heard, does it mean you read it from some rando, like, cousin's cousin on Facebook? Did you hear on Twitter? It was a meme. <laughs> was it your in-law's Facebook? It was, it was a, a cousin's Facebook. But usually her stuff is spot on. <laughs> here's, here's the headline from the New York Times. If China tested a new orbital weapon, it's not much of a surprise. Experts report that similar technologies were developed by Russia and the United States starting more than half a century ago. The reason you I'm know the New York Times <laughs> only lies, right? Okay. <laughs> the fake. Uh, this is why I bring this up because uh, I you look around, everybody's wearing masks uh, for this pandemic, and I got pictures back from my son's uh, threes program, and uh, there all the kids have masks on, which is great and everything, and then I hear about this missile technology, uh, which obviously has already existed, but I'm just like, is this is this how it's all going to end? That we're just, we've become so advanced that, like, we can't control viruses and someone just could, it just takes one crazy person to be like, you know what? Fuck the U.S. And they just, we're all dead! You know, I think you've, I think you've achieved your true destiny. 
You've become a Cold War relic. <laughs> <laughs> this is how we spend like every day, like growing up in the 70s and 80s. That, that was the reality was like any day that was what could happen. Are you aware of Stanislav Petrov? No. Read me his Wikipedia article. Oh, oh he, boy. Uh, in 1983, uh, stopped a nuclear launch from Russia onto the United States. He had false information of radar going to him and he refused to turn the key. He violated protocol. Yes. To do it. Wow. So, yeah, it's already happened during your lifetime. Scary stuff. Are you old enough that you had to hide under your desk in school? Did they run you through those drills? I don't like the way you said it, but <laughs> I think it may have come up. Or maybe there was like an old picture on the wall that they eventually took down. I remember they had bomb shelters, though. They were Our school had a bomb shelter. Um, we did duck and cover. You did duck and cover? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The reason I bring this up is just again, if you let yourself thought spiral, it's 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 a scary existence that that we're we're living right now. And uh, thank God for shows like the Glass Cannon Podcast <laughs> that can just take you away from the terrifying reality. <laughs> so why bring it up on the podcast? Yeah, I just want to see if you guys were worried about this too. No, it's fine. We're providing people entertainment to listen to in their safe rooms right now. I feel like one of us is going to piss off China, though. Grant Grant has the, the easiest chance. Of well, doing here's it. the deal. Um, Grant is clearly pro-China. I, no, I'm, I know that, but he might make a mistake. <laughs> no, he's, he, he's, he's providing aid and comfort to dissidents uh, his entire adult life. <laughs> this true. is true, but it, we'll not talk about that in great detail right now. I will, however, talk to you about a fear that I got over that might make everyone feel a little bit better, might, might allow you to calm down. Please, I'm nervous. The entire time I've lived in New York City, I have had a certain amount of disdain for the barbecue and Tex-Mex restaurants available within the tri-state region. This is a reasonable thing for someone from where I am from. I had a particular harboring of uh, distaste for uh, an institution known as Dallas Barbecue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I never ate there. I refused to eat there. I would walk by and see their drink specials and say, oh, that sounds good, but I wouldn't eat there. Yeah, I was going to say, like, are you aware of the, uh, have you seen a Dallas Barbecue and, their, <laughs> and the quality of their establishment? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't think a reasonable person from anywhere actually wants to eat a Dallas Barbecue. Well, last night, Angel found a two-for-one deal on Uber Eats, and I have finally broken the seal on Dallas Barbecue, and I'll tell you what, not that bad. Really? <laughs> it's I've not had good. Dallas barbecue many times. It's not good, but it's not bad. It's, it's, it's not barbecue. Bad. Yeah. I go there for the 64 ounce margaritas. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, at, the, at those prices, you'd be a full night. <laughs> they give it away. <laughs> and you have meat? I mean, yeah, you just slather anything in barbecue sauce, and it's fine. Yeah. There are some barbecue that elevate above, but you're never like, this is just disgusting when you're eating barbecue. Yeah. How does this connect to my fears about the world? I was afraid of expanding my gustatory horizons. I was afraid of trying something new, something that seemed foreign to me and that I had my own idea built up about in my head happened. So I just think you need to stop being afraid and embrace the bomb. You just need to browse for more specials. Mm, And your your fear of uh, nuclear annihilation will just evaporate. Okay, I think I see where this is going. I also, if, sorry, go ahead, Matthew. No, I was just going to ask, like when you when you when you build your nuclear bunker, which I'm assuming you will do at some point. Well, now I'm starting to think about it. But do you think you'd you'd bring our content with you? It's like a time capsule to <laughs> steal away. Like, do you do you? I'm like, you know what? Forty years from now, and I've been living for twenty years. 
30 feet below the ground in a concrete encased steel lined bunker. Do you want to go back and listen to some giant slayer? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I always wonder, will I ever listen to this again? No, I want other people to listen to it. Children and children's children. But, uh, well, you said in episode three, I believe it was that even if no one listens to this, you'll listen to this. Oh, so that was back then. So now you're not committed anymore to listening to it now that everyone's listening to it. No, no, I think <laughs> things have changed. You liked it before it was cool. Yeah. I like these guys before they <laughs> sold out. I like, sold I like out. me before I was cool. Yeah, we I liked sold it out. before they tried to make a living doing this. <laughs> I, just do that. I love that. I see that comment all the time. So much better before they like tried to be successful. <laughs> I know we're such, we're such assholes. Pieces of shit. Um, now, I was just going to say, I don't see the point at all. I never have in uh, re- really letting fear of nuclear annihilation uh, affect your actual day-to-day life in any way. Because mm-hmm. it's one of those things that's like, there is no proper precautions you can take without a bunker. You, and I'm just not going to do a bunker. So other than that, what the you, fuck are you going to do? You said that to me when I told you I was afraid of flying for a little bit of time. You're like, you got no control, Grant. Just give it up. Just give in. And it, it scared me even more. When I get afraid, <laughs> when I get afraid about nuclear annihilation, like I'll close my be- eyes and be ready to go to sleep and I'll just think it's going to happen. And then I won't be able to sleep for another 40 minutes. Yeah. All I think about is moving away from New York. You know what it is? It's not, but what are you afraid of? It's not fear for me. It's, it's, it's sadness that that's how it could go and all because people don't like each other mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's how it could go and it could might not be in our lifetime you'll only be sad for a few minutes and then you'll be dead no i don't think it will be because if it goes off in chicago it'll be it'll like be months before it wipes out new york they're not going to go for Chicago before they open New York. <laughs> Troy, you will be on the first of the dead list. Do not worry. Unless I move. Maybe yeah. I'll leave and just go live in the middle of nowhere in places where no one cares about. Yeah, that's why it's always tempting for me. Every time we go to Oklahoma, no one cares about Oklahoma. <laughs> Whenever I'm there, I'm just like, man, if the attacks went down, they're not coming here for a while. Yeah. And these people are well armed. <laughs> we can hold out for a long time <laughs> in the plains. Oh, God. Yeah, it's, it's, it's. I want to be as close to like the source of detonation as possible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, because I just I don't want to have that sort of lingering radioactive death that is waiting for the people I know, like, who aren't lucky enough to be in the immediate blast zone. <laughs> Troy, you were you were furious cells to just melt. I'd yeah, just be I want a flash and then gone and then gone. Yeah. Like you don't want to live that life where it's like slowly coming towards you. And you were angry when your golf clubs were delivered four doors down. <laughs> That's true. Imagine if you had to like actually survive and keep your children alive in some sort of apocalyptic well, scenario. But I think that you know, just look at how quickly they came up with the vaccine. I'm sure they could have a something that could a radiation a vaccine. Radiation. radiation. Yeah, pill. if they really put their minds to it, I'm sure. <laughs> You're right. You don't think Elon Musk has one in his back pocket right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. We've had the cure for cancer for ages. <laughs> I'm just, hold on, I'm still just imagining Troy just like 
dragging a wagon like <laughs> by himself with his family trying to uh, survive a post-apocalyptic wasteland <laughs> complaining about his neighbors <laughs> yeah oh please don't let me talk to this guy <laughs> <laughs> the one guy that's walking down yeah. the like r- rubble strewn road the first human being they've seen in three weeks oh please don't tell me this guy's gonna start small talk oh, with me. They're like, <laughs> this guy lives in the corrugated shack next to mine i don't want to talk God. to him their it's food so- supply is dwindling and they come upon a farm who has like communal living and they all seem happy and they've discovered this like post-apocalyptic paradise a spring like yeah yeah we're not stopping with yeah he, he tells us that he's like would you go in there and talk to them yeah. ask them what they it's have. not even an and then come back and tell me it's not even an exaggeration <laughs> 17 people left on earth and i wouldn't want to talk to any <laughs> i've kind of burned out on post-apocalyptic entertainment it's been quite a bit of it yeah. yeah, and I would think with Walking Dead, I was really into like Fallout and I all did like stuff. Fallout. Yeah, and it's basically all it is is kind of an evolved Western. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that's why I like it. Yeah, and but I, I just I just started to get like, bummed out about it. It was just like the aesthetic. It just uh, started to get more depressing. I like kind of other venues for kind of a Wild West kind of environment, but. You like a hopeful future. I prefer it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I've st- I started to move into kind of uh, post-apocalyptic stories where life continues on, and there you know you, it, the world has changed, and you have to figure out a way to live. And that I, that's I think that's where my yeah. preference lies now. Yeah. Well, now I have a baseline level of anxiety that will only be dealt with if I get in my car and drive to a town of less than ten thousand people <laughs> within five hundred miles of here. <laughs> No, I'm sorry if I triggered triggered that anxiety in you or any of our beautiful listeners. But uh, just be nice to each other. I think that's what the important thing is at the end of the day. You can choose to not be. You can choose to nuke your neighbor. Or you can just be nice. Try and talk it out. Like you would. Yeah. Like skip, skip, can, we, can you ha- put that as a drop on your board so that when we get to every live show, you I can will. just play it at the top of every show? <laughs> well, remind Troy of his own words. Yes. That, uh, we'll, we'll read that back. I really uh, like that. Just, just talk it out. Uh, just, so we'll see if you do that. Just talk it out. That's Doc, why. Doctor, heal thyself. That's why I'm hiring an administrative <laughs> assistant who can do the talking for me. <laughs> can you tell Matthew? I don't want to talk to him. <laughs> Have you seen the latest episode of Succession, season three? No, no. don't say anything. Right. God, there's a great Grant. scene ah. like that. Like that. You'll enjoy it when you get to it. Headphones just I just did off. the reaction I do at home, yeah. which makes no sense in the studio. I, I, still I, I took my headphones off. I can still hear them clear as well. sitting right next to me. Well, as we move forward into uh, a new... A new uh, numerical number of a show. What would you call this? <laughs> <laughs> a, a, a new, new century? Era? A new uh, century mark? New century, century. Of, ep- of episodes. Yeah. This is, uh, this is big <laughs> for us. This is it. Because now there's no road to 100, 200, or 300. This is truly the road to the end. The road to the finale. I think even Matthew would agree that the road to the end. We've been on this road since the beginning. <laughs> it's true. I won't argue with that. But uh, now we're in the final lap. Uh, how do we even I mean I, I'm not going to talk too much about uh, last week but the one thing that we talked about off air after we finished was the combat that you had with this plant dragon creature in those shambling mounds you mowed it down so to speak 
And, you know, there is obviously we know that's what high level play is. I'm just trying to survive to the second round. But what was nice about that is as bleak as all of the other stuff was, this to me showed an element of hope. Horrible, yeah. really difficult creatures. I mean, the shambling monster or whatever, but the, the dragon, if almost, could, two, two attacks could have killed Metra. Horrible creatures, and you're mashing. So there is hope that you'll be able to do I love Not that contrast. Mashing. We mashed. I love we that contrast between the, the, the struggle and the hopelessness of those cutscenes, like back at the, the beginning of those people's careers mm-hmm. versus like where we are now. It's kind of like luke uh showing up to jabba's palace like force choking the gamorian guards yeah i was it's, so into that when i was anybody else into star wars when they were i you know it's a, a little i was realizing franchise it's, but <laughs> realize it's a very dumb thing to say but i'm talking about that specific i loved the beginning of return of the jedi so much oh yeah that's the best part when he walks in and <laughs> <you're just> like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Joe. i'm so sick of this man. <laughs> but yeah the black cloak oh and it, just like just walking through i that's what the thing is like i always think about is that progression from the beginning of empire when he's like struggling like trying to draw his uh lightsaber to him in the wampa cave it's just mm-hmm. like it's all of his strength all of his of his meager training to like pull the the lightsaber into his hand and like ver- that versus where he is at the beginning of return of the jedi i love that contrast it's so cool empire is obviously the best of the three movies i don't think anyone here would disagree but i when i was a kid jedi was my favorite oh it's my favorite too and it's because of that opening scene and then the the end scenes the the i hate this, the the ewok stuff and uh, a lot of the other stuff but that was my favorite because <laughs> Did i you love so you always hated the ewoks i always hated the oh ewoks. i loved the ewoks yeah I didn't and i ewoks. loved i mean i loved the action you get a little older, and the action isn't quite as important as the emotional. Once stuff. it gets yeah. to the fight, but it's the better. space fight was the coolest thing I've ever yeah, seen. No, when I was it's like, and the forest chase on Endor and the speeder, yeah, yeah, so yeah. awesome, really great. Yeah, forest I love too great. how uh, Han Solo managed to gain fifteen pounds while encased in carbonite. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, <laughs> my theory was he was trying to eat his way out. <laughs> <laughs> well. Yeah, but uh, I think you're not the the first person, Skid, that has compared our show to the Star Wars trilogy, both in quality and in reach. (laughs) You want to hear a fun fact I have no backup for, but I just heard this from somebody, uh, that... Take all of uh, Star Wars, like uh, the the brand, the the property, right, mm-hmm. and all of the money that it makes, and it is dwarfed to being a joke and almost nothing next to Pokemon. Is that true? Yeah, <laughs> Pokemon is the biggest IP on the planet, and it is way bigger than Star Wars. Wow, and Harry Potter, for example, and other stuff. Wow, with the with the merchandise they sell on the card game and everything. Yeah, else. it's like the property is that much. But I was like. What, really? It's like way bigger. That's crazy. Wow. It is. It's wild. Wow. <sighs> yes, apparently it's true. <laughs> oh, look at that, Matthew. Quick research. <laughs> I think a big part of it is that they have continued to market towards seven to like 12 year olds and they have re-upped every generation. They never had like a big gap like the Star Wars movies is where they re-released them in the 90s or whatever and kind of yeah. remastered them and had new VHS DVD releases. They yeah, that was a 15 a year gap with no real new 
significant new material. And even yeah. the Star Wars arguably are aimed at a little bit older, perhaps like maybe like yeah. a 13 to like 18 year old and above type of thing. Whereas Pokemon is like, it's for your kid. When your kid asks for Pokemon, you're going to buy it. Whereas we're, with Star Wars stuff, you're like, I'm, I want to get a lightsaber, but like, I'll do it for something special for me later. You're always pumping money into the Pokemon company, baby. Yeah. Star Wars is fifth on the list. Now, given... Whoa. Oh, what are the other two top of, four? Two of the properties in the top four have had a significantly longer time to acquire their, their money. Let's yeah. guess what the other oh, four I are. You're not, you're not going to get... Oh, you could guess one. By one is... Uh, number two is Jaws. Nope. The, okay. the mummy movies, <laughs> Harry, uh, Harry Potter. You gotta, <laughs> nope. you gotta think bigger. Um, gotta think bigger than Brendan Fraser. Showgirls, <laughs> the showgirls, Nailed the it. brand. <laughs> uh, number two is Hello Kitty. Oh, Sam. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. The Dallas Cowboys. Number three is, <laughs> and this is the one that had the most time. Now you're thinking big enough. Jim. Winnie the Pooh. Oh, really? Wow. Has, has grossed an estimated $80 billion. $80 billion? Never, wow. cared for, never cared for Winnie the Pooh. Oh, Are you oh it's wonderful. Pooh. Are you dead inside? I just never liked it. Oh, oh, so wonderful. Man. It's because it told you what things were really like in life. And you're like, I don't want to hear this. I want my I fantasies. I didn't have Disney. So I like, I only you remember see it sporadically. The, I'm like, this is weird. Do you, you remember the, the Winnie the Pooh? Where no they one's talk- hitting each other. with putting dynamite in there. <laughs> 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 Do you remember the Winnie the Pooh where Eeyore just talks about the future thermonuclear detonation of the world, the entire book? That and, then promise, and then he tries to get everyone to love each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no one put dynamite in anyone's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Number four is Mickey Mouse and Friends. Oh, oh okay. we known Mickey that. Mouse and Friends. Yeah. That far below Pokemon. And then, wow. and then Star Wars. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Crazy. And well, then the Glass Cannon Network. Yeah, where does Glass Cannon fall on the list? I just got to scroll down the list a little bit. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you got to be up there. How many of those are co-owned by Disney? Where's though? Harry Potter? Disney owns Mickey Mouse and Star Wars. Uh, yes, it does. Now, uh, so, I mean, Disney or Disney has three of the top five. Wow. 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 And, well, they're doing and, okay. And, and more in the top ten. Oh, wow. that's funny, too. So, Marvel. Like, where's Marvel? Marvel yeah. is... Marvel has, has grossed the Marvel Cinematic Universe has grossed an estimated thirty-five billion dollars. Okay, almost at Winnie it, the Pooh. Where was it rank on the list? Eighth. <laughs> well, that's pretty good. Like considering you know it's the only, company was in bankruptcy, like in the you know nineties, and the MCU's only existed since two thousand eight. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's certainly going to skyrocket up the charts yeah, for sure. Definitely. Over time. Uh, there's a lot of Disney properties on here. So it's almost as if they've been doing this for almost a hundred <laughs> <Yeah>. years. <laughs> they've just been hitting home runs for a hundred years. Yeah. But I mean, like a lot of properties that Disney owns are broken out individually. Like Toy Story is broken out as its own thing. And that's um, Toy Story has earned $22 billion. That's a lot of money. Well, we'll make that list after today's app. <laughs> that's my segue. That's right. <laughs> You guys defeated this Creech last week and his shambling buddies, and then you walk out into the Hanging Gardens. And my God, is it beautiful. Huge. Just, uh, uh, you know what, I'm, I don't think I'm, I'm really giving this enough, uh, enough of a reveal here for you to understand the breadth of this. Uh, because I, I had mentioned last week that it just drops off into... Oh my God! Hair beyond. I did the polygon reveal uh, on the app, but now you can see, like, at the end of this, and 
you know, it's a perfect semicircle. Let's see what the diameter is. 110 feet at its widest point, maybe 115. Um, and then across, uh, 235, 240 feet across. Just this huge semicircular platform extending outward from this level of Iron Cloud Keep. But for a giant, this is the equivalent of like a window box. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. like, it's so small. And it's funny, like we've gotten so much... I've been thinking a lot about the sort of the Jack and the Beanstalk kind of mm-hmm. vibes going mm-hmm. on in a lot of this place. They're pretty obvious. But yeah, this is uh, just a little, tiny little patch of uh, AstroTurf. It's as if like Columbus Circle in New York City is flying through the air right now. Or yeah. Like that first section of Central Park you walk into around 59th Street. And uh, it's pretty beautiful. Yeah. Isolated from being attached to this evil castle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Are yeah. we talking about Columbus Circle or? Yes. Or right. Okay. <laughs> Four big trees, all full of those giant fruits. Uh, one looks like it's fallen, uh, possibly from the uh, battle when they took uh, Zephyr Hall and made it Ironclad Keep. Um, two fountains near the middle of the garden, little pathway leading all the way from these double doors to the other side which would lead back to uh, the main entrance that Metra is the only one that's seen uh, on the ethereal plane that you were considering going back and taking a look at at some point. But yeah, this is, this is what you see here. I, 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 all of these maps have the clouds around them, but I don't show them because it's, I don't know, I like showing the individual rooms, but this one in particular, seeing that, that drop-off is kind of cool. I think it would be, this is the kind of thing, especially when I was a kid, that I would get super excited. It's like, we have to preserve this place for the end of the adventure because this would be, make an awesome base if we can take it over, like after this is all done. Mm-hmm. This would be so cool if we clean it up. Why is the tree fallen, I wonder? That's a good question. Was it knocked down just by the wind? But no, they'd have to have that planned out ahead of time in the engineering. And those wells must be artificial, or are they collecting rain? Like, what's going on there Mm. is my other, you know, because normally that would go to groundwater, but presumably there's not groundwater here. Roll a Dungeoneering check. (sighs) What a room. Um, 20? Is that a question? (laughs) Well, it's like, I don't think I'm going to get anything useful out of that at this high level play. It feels like I had to roll like a 40 on anything to get anything useful now. Um, no, a 20. Uh, what do you got there, Sir Will? Do you have engineering? Uh, no, but let's say I just did it untrained. I rolled a natural 20. Okay. So, Grant, uh, you can triangulate that underneath the hanging gardens is that room with those slimes Mm -hmm. uh, that was draped Uh, in fungus, moss, vines, uh, that stink uh, of herbs and spores, and rivulets of water were flowing from holes in the walls and ceiling to a row of drainage gates set in the middle of the floor. So it's all part of the same system. I wonder if it's like condensing cloud vapor into liquid water somehow. Yeah, Yeah. a hydroponic garden up here. Yeah. It might Very also, cool. I mean, Matthew asked like really early on when we got here what their waste system was, I believe. So it's probably tied into that too, or sewage or whatever. Oh, so these aren't wells, they're toilets. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> they come out and sit on the well. <laughs> Just, well I'm going to go outside, take a giant dump. <laughs> look, at that, look at that giant newspaper right next to the well. <laughs> it's, like the, it's like the Charmin commercials where they put the toilet paper on a low-hanging like branch. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you guys want to do? Perception? Mm-hmm. Yeah, perception. Should we sort of explore this place, or should we just go back inside and go upstairs? I want to explore this. I want to explore. You want to explore? You explore. Uh, uh, 20, <laughs> 25. 35. You don't see anything um, beyond what I've already told you. Nothing. Uh, no tr- No uh, strange rustling of leaves or tremor in the ground? or No. A bustle in the hedgerow? Bustle in the hedgerow. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Is there... Um, is this an OSHA violation, or is there railing around the edge of this? It is an OSHA violation. There's no railing. Oh, Baron's geez. going to pull out the broom of flying to be in his hand, because I think he's a little scared of heights. Okay. And you've seen platforms like this. All of those platforms that had uh, cloud giants on with the ballistas, those were all uh, right off into the air as well. But obviously, you want your hanging gardens to have uh, access to air and sunlight, and so it's wide open. Whereas the greenhouse had a magical effect to provide sunlight. It's got to be cold, though. It's got to be crazy cold. The wind's whipping, for sure. Um, Can we do some exploring? I'd like to. Let's do it. Uh, I'll let you guys lead the way, and I'll just stay behind. Um... I'll. I can do great perception checks, but I can also focus on detecting alignment as we like move every sixty feet, um, and I'll detect evil alignment, I guess. And for a perception check, that's a natty nineteen for a forty-three. Okay, um, you don't detect any evil. I think. Can we just kind of like move along? There's like a path that connects both of the wells slash toilets and the fallen tree is laying across it at the western end if we could just like make our way down that path through the trees and see what if there's anything we can find okay is that what you do go ahead and uh, move along there and after another 60 feet i'll switch from detecting evil to detecting neutral Oh, I think I moved Metra's piece on accident. Yes, I apologize. I just moved yours in revenge. So Metra's in the lead? Yeah. Uh, you know what? And Sir Will is going to continuously detect evil as he goes. Um, and not that this would help him find it, but you know what I was just thinking is Sir Will is trotting up behind everybody as they're looking at for all these details. And he's looking in between the, 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 you know, the row of trees and stuff, but then up at the sky as well and up at the edges of this of this great keep and he's thinking of adriel at the moment uh and he's just like i wonder like if he could have landed outside somewhere and he's like hunkering down until he can find safe passage um he's just keeping an eye out uh and because adriel's obviously evil he's going to detect evil and see if uh it (laughs) no uh he's going to just keep detecting evil in a 60 foot arc every round baron will detect chaos in case that pulls up something different than because inquisitors can switch in between and that'll give us more of a range are you worried about adriel at this point the fact it's been that long since you saw him last like do you think he could be dead rather than landed somewhere on here or do you have supreme belief in his capabilities as a sorcerer that is correct sir will knows he can take care of himself he's just sort of like waiting for the time when he's going to show up basically and he's like looking around uh yeah, both sir will and adriel had several buff spells on them um, before Nazi Mara was turned. 
Naximara had buff spells on her as well, but... Sir Will has not spent too much time with anyone more powerful than Adriel in his life. So, like, he, he definitely gives him a certain breath of confidence. Metra overheard that. Yes, I did. And, uh... Well, he spent more time with Adriel than Metra. Why are you talking a lot? That was the rude thing. I wanted her to hear that. Was that out loud? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Metra. I banished Sir Will to an extra dimension. <laughs> Just for... Ten minutes. <laughs> You're almost as powerful as Adrian. <laughs> no save. Uh, all right, so keep trotting along. Yep, we get up to this first sewer um, toilet slash well. Okay. Take a look in, and uh, yeah, it's just a big old fountain. Um, some flower beds around it. It's just... It's not, uh, it's just, it's shooting a little water out. Oh, that's nice. Oh. Want to make a wish? Um, should we, well, we know what this goes down to, so there's no, yep. detect magic down the well? Uh, you don't detect any magic in the well. That's yes. six, 60 feet down? Yeah. Yeah, no, no magic. Nestor will take a copper piece out, ding, flick it up with his thumb that lands a thunk into the pool. Do you make a wish? He does. Do you want to tell me what it was? No, because it won't come true, mate. <laughs> Not dealing with a rookie here. God. All right, so keep popping across there. Uh, anyone changing tactics or uh, you're detecting neutral now, Baron? Uh, chaos, actually. Um, I cannot detect neutrality. It's either law, chaos, evil, or good. Uh, yeah, detecting evil. Evil on the pool, evil on the tree beyond the pool as we're walking down this path. All right, so okay. Baron and Nestor are up in front of the fountain, and then Metro, you stand back there with Sir Will. Uh, no, I'll go up with them. Yeah, really, I kind of want to stay on Metra's hip. Nestor does. Okay, and Sir Will, you're staying back there behind the fountain? Just about 10 feet behind. Trotting up. Baron's going to do a perception trick on the trees, looking up into them as we begin to walk through the path in in between two of them. Okay. Uh, 27. Okay. You see these trees, and they're they're thick. They don't take up, obviously, the the amount of space uh, at the trunk as the leaves are taking up here so you could move through these spaces you just can't move through the middle that's where the trunk is but you look big big trees why are three of them up and only one of them down like what could have just knocked that one down was it part of Volstice's assault or something else as you're thinking through this three of you start to detect something Metra you start to detect some faint very very faint transmutation magic Uh coming from the area of the fallen tree and then simultaneously Baron and Sir Will Baron you detect chaos and Sir Will you detect evil and at that moment the tree rises oh no Roll for initiative. Oh, oh my god. My one question is, why do these things always know they're detected when they get detected? <laughs> Every time we have a successful detect, it's roll for initiative. You're aware radar detectors are illegal in New York State, right, Troy? Yeah, this thing's like, whoop, whoop. I'm being detected. I'm being detected. Alrighty then. Oh, sir. Will I admit Keswick in the lead of initiative? Let's look at what this... Uh, 
dude looks like here. It looks like... I mean, it really has the... It looks like a a wriggling, leafless tree moving on, like, spidery legs. The tree demon. And there are motes of blood-red lightning dancing through the cracks in its bark. Oh, awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, Metro, what'd you get? 15. 15 for Metro. Not bad. Baron? 32. (laughs) Holy (laughs) shit. (laughs) Sir... Will. 21. Ooh. 21. Yes, so wait a bit. 29 for Nestor. 20. 29. for Nestor. I rolled a natural 20 on initiative. Of course. And Baron still goes for yes. <laughs> <laughs> I rolled a 17, so I wasn't far behind you. Wow. Wow. Holy All right, Baron, you are up. You see this creature rise up on its spindly spider legs. This red lightning, like, moving about within its trunk. What do you do? This is a colossal sized creature, by the way. I've never seen anything like this, so I think Baron's mind takes in this scene and attempts to make sense of it. Is there an identify role, a knowledge check that he can do to help make sense of this? Nature. Okay, I have nature. Come Uh, on, get it, dude. This is going to be a big one. 18 on the die for a 23. There you go. Come on. 23 is not enough. Damn it! That's that's what I was bracing for earlier when you're like, are you sure you have that? Because at this level, you can roll really well and still not have it unless it's a trained skill. Yeah, you think you're dealing with CR 16, 17, 18 plus creatures at this point. It, your base for uh, uh, is going to be 28, 27. Okay. Uh, in that case, gosh, that changes everything. Um, no yeah, one's cool. hurt. Let's see how far away you are here. Um Remember, it is colossal, so there are some empty spaces. You're about 55 feet away. Yep. Um, I'm going to cast Long Shot on myself. Okay. In an attempt to stay back a bit. And I'm going to keep my judgment from being cast this round. And then I'm going to actually move back a little bit towards the well. Okay. So, long shot. Hold on to your judgment. You see this thing, and Baron is like, oh, I don't like boy. it. You oh, back up boy. until you run into the well. Nestor, you also beat it on oh, initiative. Thank God. Thank God. All right. So, Nestor, not quite sure what he's dealing with either, is going to use uh, his plus three flaming arrows on this attack. Oh, that is very smart. Well, Uh, it does have almost fiery lightning inside of it. I wonder if this is a weird tree. We'll see. We'll We'll see. see. Uh, All right, so... I wonder if this is a weird tree. (laughs) Well, you know what I meant. (laughs) Not even wood. It might be. Not even made of wood. It might be weird. First attack is a natural one. Oh, no. Was that many shots? Yep. Stop. Uh, the to confirm that is a 34. 34 to. Oh, wait, no, 44. 40. <laughs> wait, sorry. That's a big difference. Okay. Uh, that is a just a regular old miss. Okay. Oh, God. Uh, second attack. Uh, that is a 40 to hit. 40 is a hit. Okay. 46 points. Oh, wait. 46 points. Yeah, break it all uh, up for me. Okay. 46 points. Um, three points is electricity. Okay. And then an additional six points of fire. 
So 52 points total. All right, so 43... Uh, 43, 43 46, regular. 46 regular, three points of which is electricity. Okay. Yeah, so 43 regular, and then six points of fire on top of that, 52 total. Okay, you can see it did not take all of that damage. You don't know, you know there's some sort of DR situation going on because you can see it rapidly healing over uh, where it was hit. It looks like the fire kind of fizzled out on it, as did the electricity, which you don't know if there's immunities or some sort of resistance there that you might be able to bypass, but this thing looks pretty dangerous and pretty well built. Okay. Next attack. Okay, so uh, I will switch off to the, my regular arrows. Uh, the fire's not any good. Natty 18. There on we go. The second attack. And that is uh, 43 points of damage, five of which is electricity. Fantastic. Okay. Okay. Uh, third attack. Fucking natural one again. Oh, oh my God. No. This is the one that could thumb. Uh, 32 to hit on the confirm. That is confirmed fumble. No. Oh my god! Uh, oh, dude. Uh, 32. Uh, you want to look at that again, Troy? Uh, sure? yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah, this yeah. thing is going to be tough to hit. Shit. Uh, okay. Um,. Oh, God. Whatever this is, he's going to be so mad at you. I'm so sorry, <laughs> Yamil. I'm so sorry, Yamil, from Huntsville, Texas. Oh! Be nice. Uh, oh, shit. <laughs> this one's called, wait, I needed that. You attempt to range, your attempt at range weaponry failed to hit your target. It was absorbed by planar tricksters that will return the attack toward you or another ally during combat after 1d4 hours have passed. 24 hours have passed. What? It will what? return. Uh, it will return at the next fumble. Oh, basically, um, if you or another ally fumbles any time in the next 1d4 hours, your attack hits whoever fumbles. Oh, okay. I don't understand. Wait, if this yeah. attack right now would hit whoever fumbles? So wow. my arrow vanishes. It vanishes it into, an into an extra planar space. space. And it may return. It, it may return somebody. over the course of the next four hours. I like it. <laughs> so basically, if anybody else fumbles in this combat... Not only do they get their fumble, they also get hit with a Nestor arrow. By Nestor's arrow. <laughs> All right, be careful, everybody. Jeez, <laughs> I might not even attack. Oh, man. <laughs> Just I know, Joe, you might want to sit this one out. <laughs> I know, for real. Sit the next four hours of combat out. Uh, you know, I'll tell you if it's just a gig so you can kind of decide, do we rest after this fight? Three hours. Three okay. hours. Three rest, hours. but like, just sit here just, three yeah, hours. Take a well, thankfully, break. like, with our structure, the way we do this, we're never going to remember in the next episode. So <laughs> That's true. That's true. I wrote it down. Okay. Uh, all right, so fourth attack. Well, I'm not very confident that I'll hit with any of these now. Miss. Uh, final attack. No. Another fucking natural one. Oh, my, my third God. one is fucking... Motherfucker, the one I'm most likely to confirm. Oh, oh my god, so he's gonna get a gonna... natural one on the fucking confirm! Oh, oh, that's, Jesus that's Christ! Four natural ones! Oh, so here's my... the worst part is the arrow comes back and hits you! Oh my god! And then another Oh my god. I can't tell you how bad this is. Three out of five ones. The fates have spoken. Oh god. Oh Un- god. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, fucking thanks a lot, uh, this is Norse how, Foundry. <laughs> this is how characters die. <sighs> Jesus. All right, this one from Chris in Logan, Utah. Hi, Chris, and I'm sorry. 
Oh, and this title, oddly specific, Born Under a Bad Sign. Oh. Uh, your shot goes awry as you are distracted by Potence Vile, the possibility of that other arrow coming back. The heavenly bodies are out of alignment again, and so is your back or some other part uh, if you don't have a spine. Take minus two to attack rolls for 1d6 rounds, or spend a full round action to put things back into place and end the penalty. If it wasn't for bad luck, you wouldn't have no luck at all. Uh, so it's minus two to attack for 1d6 rounds, or you can spend a full round action to get rid of that penalty. Oh, uh, okay. Got a crick in your back. Yeah, threw my back out. That's a reasonable fumble. You know, yeah. compared to some of the others where yeah, it's chop the- your head off and, you know, you decapitate yourself. Right. You know yeah. that's in there, too. It's, it's only a matter of time for that happens. It's like a, a, a fucking three-bedroom house falls on you in the middle of combat. <laughs> Be gone. Speaking of which, Before uh, someone how much on you. damage does your arrow do to you? Uh, I'll go with the damage that I rolled. Um, I would not get the sneak attack because I'm not flat-footed, but it will be... Are you your favorite enemy? Uh, I am not. Oh, and I'm not actually... I'm not my own studied target so either. You haven't been studying yourself. Uh, not recently. Yeah, so that's not too bad. So that's uh, still 20 points of damage. Unbelievable. So now that's gone, right? Or That's gone. Fumble. That's okay. gone, yeah. It was, just, yeah. it was just that one arrow left and then came back in a weird Great. pocket dimension. I can remove yeah. that note I didn't take. And that's the end of your turn? Yep. <laughs> it um, is the creature's turn. I'll take a five-foot step back for good measure. Five-foot step back for good measure. Okay. Here's what's going to happen. First of all, quickened lightning bolt in a line at Nestor and Baron. You both get a reflex save. Uh, 34. <laughs> Question. Yes. Does it have line of sight on Baron? Does it need line of sight on Baron? It do, yeah, it does. It's, Don't yeah. forget, it's a colossal creature. So it has eyes in its butt and its head? I'm just asking because there was a tree trunk in the middle. But if it got it, it got no, it. No, so that tree trunk that's laying there, this thing is the tree trunk. Right, but you were saying there was a tree in the center of... Uh, oh, I see what you're you saying. You see what I'm saying? I'm yeah, trying to see if I was it. covered by it. If yeah. not, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I was going to ask that on, on my turn. Be very specific about that tree. Like, can we move through it? You can can just, we, just, do we have to go around it? I will put. Uh, I will draw a, circle. a square okay. uh, where you cannot move through. Perfect. Um, everything else is fair game. And just it's just plain, clear ground. It's just the trees overhead. Yeah, right. trees overhead. Yeah. Yeah. I'm usually familiar with how trees work, but... <laughs> Let me give you the old tree... Uh, <laughs> what'd you roll on the reflex there? Uh, I, I rolled you, a 30, 34. I rolled a 35. All right, so that is going to be a pass. So you'll take... Do you both have evasion or just you? Just uh, Only me. Just Nestor. All right, so you, Baron, will take 18 points of damage. Lightning damage. My teeth are chattering. That was a quickened lightning bolt, and now it's going to do chain lightning on all of you. Oh, no. So I need you all to, again, roll a reflex save. All right, here comes the failure for me. Yep. I sure did. Oh, no. Uh, 26. 26. Uh, What about Baron? 22. What about... Wait, is it a spell or spell-like ability? It is, it is a, a spell. spell. Yeah. 24. 24. Uh, Sir Will? 33. And Metra? I am trying to decide if I want to use my swirling smoke tattoo here. Tough call. 
See this. In the meantime, I will tell you that Owen Lexington also exactly 33. Thank you. Forgot about Lexington. You know what? I won't yet. 25. 25. And what did you say was Lexington? 33. 33. Okay. So you actually all pass, oh, thank which God. is good because it's 20d6 worth oh, of damage. Oh, that would have been very, man. very bad. Uh, so uh, everyone that passed take 40 points of damage. <sighs> 80 points of damage? 81 I rolled. Oh, wow. Uh, so everyone that passed take 40 points, with the exception of Nestor, who has evasion. And that is what the creature does. It was a quickened spell and then a spell, so now I'm going to move. Oh, this is a serious situation. It's really just kind of frustrating that we're fighting a caster who's not going to have a head a headband of uh, alluring charisma. Right, yeah. exactly. What if it has a yellow ribbon tr- tied around <laughs> <laughs> its base? That might be something. Oh, for God's sakes. Oh, no. so oh come on, LaValle. It moves up uh, about 10 feet away from you with its pretty awesome movement. So it just, like a fucking spider-legged tree, just moves up. And you have to imagine a creature of this size has crazy reach. Oh, God. It is Sir Will's turn. Son of a t- <laughs> oh, baby. I like that Sir Will has absorbed Dogree's tendency to just nail out his own name. I really liked it. I really <laughs> I, I just liked uh, I got very excited. Joe's turning into a Street Fighter 2 character that says their own special moves all the time. <laughs> right. Uh, all right. I need a. Uh, okay. I didn't know that it was going to walk right up to us. Okay. So, first thing. Sorry, I should have told you. So, first thing Sir Will's going to do <laughs> is smite evil. Uh, so yeah, Great. he's going to look across at this creature and be like, foul beast from the abyss. Iomade will send you back where you belong. And he <laughs> smites evil on the creature. Uh, he obviously Lexington gets fucking fired up, starts <laughs> scratching at the ground, ready to charge. 20 points of damage to Lex. Did you just move? I just rotated the creature. Oh. Oh, I see now. Oh. Make more sense. Uh, yeah, okay. uh, I, I thought it was it was even scarier to me because it was like, do you remember the, t- what's the Tom Cruise, the edge of uh, tomorrow, like yeah. the way those things move, they like roll across oh, yeah. the ground and it's such a freakish speed. With it sideways, I thought that it like rolled and had all these <laughs> yeah. crazy and fire limbs coming around. out from it. Good right. movie, by the way. Great Underrated movie. movie. Very good movie. It had um, a new name when it was Live, Die, yeah. Repeat. Yeah. <laughs> right, Live, Die, Repeat. Uh, uh, all right. And uh, he slams down the front of his uh, visor, raises <laughs> the, uh, the lance up into the air, and is just like, I will not fear you. I will destroy you for Hyberry! For And he charges at the creature and does a ride by attack. Okay. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm just going to blow by it, basically, okay. and go all the way to the wall. And your ability doesn't provoke, right? We've done this in the past. Yeah, he does not provoke from the attack, the target of the attack. This is making okay. me think of Return of the King when uh, Mary and Eowyn are riding between the legs of the Oliphants. Uh, yes, yes, yeah, uh, yeah. It could be exactly that. Like even just between the the trunk legs of this thing, yeah. uh, he comes charging through, and I am stalling. 
because I have so many things to check on Hero Lab. Okay, here we go. Uh, oh, and you know what? I'm going to use a uh, I'm going to use special die here. Uh, I haven't been able to use this in a while because Sir Will hasn't had too many good attack rolls lately. But this one uh, is from uh, Alden in Atlanta, uh, who gave me his quote. Paladin die. This is orange oh. D twenty uh, that he took a paladin from first to thirtieth level. Whoa! Wow! Wow! And Pathfinder? He's probably lying. He's <laughs> cheating. He was probably <laughs> drinking a lot that night. Uh, no, from one first night? to thirtieth. <laughs> In one night, he was drinking a lot That's of the night. Eventful, he brought uh, his paladin from first to thirtieth level. <laughs> In one night, he, just, he didn't one actually play. Night. He just sat there. Like, <laughs> Add a level. Right. Add a level. <laughs> All right, Alden, this is a very important role. Please do not fail me. Here we go. The orange paladin die. Uh, 47 oh, to hit. Oh, that sounds like it hits to me. Means the splats across. Amazing, yeah. What the hell did you roll to hit? 19? 18? Uh, natural 16. Wow. Natural 16. All right, Jeez. Sir Will. Swimmit! And uh, uh, he does. Well, I see a GCP on that D6. There we go. Uh, that is 74 points oh, of damage. Oh, there so we go. And this white light shatters out from his uh, lance. What? Uh, that's slashing damage, right? Or piercing? piercing? Piercing. Piercing. And then what is your weapon made out of? Is it uh, cold iron? Is it silver? Uh, it's just made out of steel. Uh, but I also believe that Smite Evil bypasses all DR. But I'll, I'll double check. Regardless of the target, smite evil attacks automatically bypass any DR the creature might possess. Boom. Wow. So just... It's because it's the god Iomate hitting this guy. It's not Sir Will. Right. It's Iomate. Yeah. 74 points of damage. And here's the thing. As you strike it, you feel uh, an uh, electric arc of like, that red lightning come out of its body onto you. And <laughs> He's you, been rubbing a, a carpet! <laughs> and you take ten points of uh, electricity oh, damage. Oh, yeah, I imagine he makes contact with it, hits it, and it feels that, that very strange feeling like when you catch a, uh, an electrical socket the wrong way and you're like, ha! Ah, yeah. What was that? <laughs> oh, I did that. flew across the room once when I was a kid. I remember like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that explains it. Oh, God. It's so nerve-wracking having children. Like, um, Arch is fine with it. He doesn't go near it anymore. But now Dash, the other day, I was just like, I looked at my phone for one second. I looked up, and he was just pulling a plug out of the wall. I was like, oh, God! Yeah. yeah. A- and, because, and, and even the, the tiniest, the, the little 18 months, whatever, they don't just, like, jam their finger into a socket. They have this unbelievable instinct to first lick their finger <laughs> and then jam. Like, you do the most dangerous version of anything they can it. do, seemingly by accident. It's wild. That's one of my favorite Simpsons fits is when they're, they're trying to think about child-proofing their home and it's too expensive, so Homer's going to do it himself. It's like, oh, okay, so to, we'll scare Maggie away from these electrical sockets. She does little bunny faces on the electrical sockets. <laughs> and Marge is like, but she's not afraid of bunnies. And Homer's like, she will be. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my she favorite Simpsons jokes ever. Uh, big round from Sir Will. Uh, obviously, a tough round from Nestor. Sir Will is able to land a, a huge blow against this thing, perhaps turning the tides of battle. Metro to round out the round. Oh, I get to go. You sure do, good buddy. Save us, Metro. All right. I think we need to change the the landscape a little bit here. Oh, I like changing land. Do we need a landscape? 
landscaper. A little bit of landscaping. <laughs> what are your rates? I can't cluster because I don't want to get off any more lightning bolts or chain lightning. You're going to cast uh, aerate mass? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, what Power I was, I'll, I'll tell you what I was going to do before I realized you could cast from range is that I was going to do reverse gravity on it because there's no ceiling up here. Oh, so it would just, oh, it would just wow. Shoo, yeah. Except into space. No, because you only get a number of 10 foot cubes equal to your level. And this thing is so giant that it would hover. I only have enough cubes for it to hover about 10 feet off the oh, ground. Okay. Ooh, so wow. it, could just, it could just stand up and then be on the ground. I mean, it just didn't make sense. You know, the sense. funniest thing is, and, and even though we've been playing this for a long time, we're still learning a lot about long term campaigns, long term jamming, long term playing. I know what they're going to do. It's going to be some kind of damage. I can never accurately prepare for you, except for, like, there was a time when, like, oh, yeah, I know the Hungry Pit's coming, but uh, at this level, I just, I don't even know what you have in your arsenal. Well, I'm going to do, I'm going to do an old, an old standard here. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to split the party. Oh. So, Baron, I'm going to leave you here, just so that you and Sir Will can flank it, and Nestor and I are going to a dimension door to the far western corner oh, of the Oh, there garden. we go. Awesome. You've left Baron alone. And, and Sir Will alone as Metra and Nestor fly all the way to the other side of the room. I have to roll the cast defensively. I think I automatically get it, but... Is it just... It's not based on my stats. It's just based on your... It's just based on me. Okay. Yeah, I have a plus 26 for a DC 23. Uh, I rolled a natural 13. Nice. Um, That's one of the things I do love about Hero Lab, because obviously we have a love-hate relationship with it, uh, is when you just look at the spell, it tells you exactly what you bonus you need to hit the uh, DC. For yeah, and it's, and it's mostly love. It's <laughs> most, No, it don't, it's 95% love. Yeah. Right, exactly. Like if you're I forgetting how many things you don't even think about no, no, that no, it's doing yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah, our yeah. problems with Hero Lab is because we don't know the game well enough to know when Hero Lab may be off or we're misinterpreting right. something. Right. Yeah. We wouldn't be able to do this podcast. User error. <laughs> right. And then Metro will use the Quick and Meta Magic Rod to make Nestor invisible. Yes. Nestor invisible. Okay. okay. I would have taken you with you, Grant. I don't want you to feel bad. I would have taken you with me, except you need to be a close, relatively close range to hit this thing. And I figured if we give it four different, three different targets it has to hit, it can't hit us all with a chain lightning or a lightning bolt. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe take me with you next time. (laughs) Well, it is top of round two, and it is Baron's turn. Baron and Sir Will are uh, about 15 feet, respectively, away from this colossal and obviously very dangerous tree creature. Baron is technically 20 feet away, where Sir Will is 15. Not a creature you want to be right next to either way. What do you want to do, Baron? Baron left on his lonesome in between the creature and a well, a part of a weird sewage system that we were just discussing. Mm-hmm. It's going to five foot step backwards, swift action, call down a judgment from Torag to increase his AC and to provide some much needed damage to these attacks. Unless there's another knowledge I can roll to identify the creature. Only nature? It's only the nature. only one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Baron is also going to start using up his grit as he does a full round attack with up close and deadly on at least the first three attacks. I'll tell you when it's turned off. The first attack goes off to hit for a 22. Uh, you are still within reach of its AOL. Okay. So it will take a slam on you. Jaboom! Tw- wow. 25, 25 foot feet of reach. 
Uh, bad roll. Very bad roll. Uh, 27 to Miss. Kuchu oh, Baron oh, jumps out of the way of a massive it. limb coming down. Oh, <laughs> boom. Flies up into the air. Uh, Soil raining down. 22 against touch is a hit. All right. That will do. Oh, nice. Uh 30 points of damage. Okay. And that is uh, piercing and bludgeoning, right? Piercing mm-hmm. and bludgeoning, magic for the purposes of DR. And I have clustered shots, so if it does have DR, the DR will only count on this, this shot. Okay. And you said 30 points of damage? Correct. All right. So similar to Nestor, all of that doesn't get through, but certainly some of it does. Second attack comes through. That's a hit. Nice. The 33. Um, that will be for... 27 points of damage on the second attack. Okay. That all goes through. through. Third attack up close and deadly still is going to be a 27 to hit. Four. Oh, that's big damage. Ooh. 36 points of nice. damage on the third attack. Okay. We'll get up close and deadly one last time. That is a hit for 26. Nice. Blam, 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 blam. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh. 27 points of damage on the fourth attack. Okay. The final attack at his lowest base attack bonus with no up close and deadly will be for 24 to hit. 24 against touch. Hit. That will be for 22 points of damage. Enormous round. That's huge. Ah, That's huge. I really wish I'd used my first round to attack it, but I thought I could maybe position it better and have it not attack me right away. But it getting up in my grill... And being able to get that attack of opportunity off on it made my first round really a wasted action with that long shot. But we'll see what happens now. All right. Nestor's turn. Nestor is still dealing with his back kink or whatever. So he's going to endure it, take the minus two. To offset it, he is going to use his flaming arrows again just for the bonus to hit, even knowing that the fire won't do anything to it. So, he is invisible. His first attack, invisible with old Jolter. Uh, that is a natty 18 on the many shots. Oh, baby. <laughs> uh, that is 64 points of damage. Um, and seven of that is electricity. Okay. He becomes visible. Hey! 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 Uh, second attack is a miss. Oh, no. Uh, Fucking Norse Foundry. Fucking me at the worst possible time. Oh, spoke too soon. Third shot, natural 20. (laughs) Natural 20 on the confirm. Oh, my God. One more and you instantly kill it. One Uh, more. One more. Five. That's the same. (laughs) Well, Norse Foundry find a way to screw you still. It's immune to crits. What? I'll give you exploding. Sure. Okay. I'll give you exploding. In its current state, uh, it is immune to crits. Okay. All right. Interesting. Oh, is it a... You mean low on hit points and you're frustrated? Is that its (laughs) current state? Right now, I've decided it's immune to crits. (laughs) Oh. Uh, okay, so that is... I did get exploding dice on oh. the eight-sided die. Uh, okay, so that's seven more. So that is uh, 56 points of damage, all of which goes through because of my clustered shots. Right, 56. Okay. All right. Uh, that was my third attack. Fourth attack, miss. Fifth attack, miss. 
Dude, still phenomenal yeah. round. Pretty, pretty. This thing is pretty tough decent. To hit. Yeah, it is. Question: How much of that fifty-six was electricity? Oh, um, give it to four. Okay. Uh, lights it up. Big, big turn there. Uh, it is now. It is now its turn. Wait, so are these? This thing has to be related to those little creatures that came at us because they reacted well to electricity. So maybe they were like uh, moss or lichen that like lived on this tree before it turned into whatever the hell it is. Mm. Interesting. Some sort of symbiotic or transformative or, relationship, or maybe they worship this thing and it is their god. Yeah, yeah. It was its shambling friends. Yeah, me and my shambling friends. <laughs> uh, this is the theme, the shambling show. The theme, the shambling. <laughs> All right, I am going to start. Uh, I'm going to do my quick and lightning lightning bolt because I get it for free, and it's either going to go at Sir Will or Baron. Oh, oh, oh you got to go for the bear, bear. I'll throw Nestor in there. The other three that have done damage to me: uh, one, two, Nestor; three, four, Sir Will. Five six Baron. Don't hurt me. GCP on the die. That is a six for Baron. Oh, the worst part of that. Well, I'll tell you why in a second, Baron. But give me a reflex save. Will do. Uh, correct. I. Uh, twenty four. Twenty four is a pass. You'll still take half of ten d six damage. Which will be 19 points of damage. Oh, it went. His, his lightning bolt went down. Interesting. Uh, no, this, oh, is, uh, this is the difference. This is, isn't chain lightning. Give it back 17 hit points because I had sneak attack on still and I, had, I was visible at that Son point. Son of a bitch. Sorry. Uh, okay, it takes that back. Um, added to the fast healing. It's doing all right. Fast uh, healing? Oh! What? What? The reason it's it, not fair. The reason it's bad that it landed on you, Baron, is I decided that you were going to be the one that takes its attacks because you did the most damage to it. So let's start with slam number one. I rolled terribly on the AOO. Not a great roll, but a very high to hit. 34. Miss. Oh. It's not a giant. I know it's not a giant. I put on a judgment of sacred protection for a reason because oh, I was out here on my own. Judgment of sacred protection. Of course, he uses a judgment of sacred protection because he can't trust Metra. That's right. <laughs> Just leave him in the lurch. Yeah, first right. chance she gets. <laughs> well, that's good teamwork if this uh, works out. Second attack. Synergy. Thirty-six. Thirty-six is exactly a hit. Oh. But before you go any further, I didn't get a chance before you went from Nestor to yourself to enact what I wanted to do. Oh! It's a teamwork feat called Target of Opportunity. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Which will give you an additional attack of opportunity, but I'd like to take the damage. So, when would you have enacted this? Before I went? Yep. But that would provoke from me. Correct. Okay. Uh, It hadn't come back around to your turn yet which would have provoked in the first place. Do you know what I mean? Like, it hasn't been a full round since the provoke. We always talk about this. Does the provoke oh, so take a round, a provo- or does it retick at the beginning of the round? Because it provoked when I attacked the first it time. Provoked so it doesn't attack. have one. So I should just... Oh, but you wait. He, yes. went, he went again. You went again, yeah. All right, so I will take the AOL. Okay. Um, and then that's going to hit as well, but unless you kill it. Uh, and on the AOL, uh, 37. So okay. that's going to be two hits. Two hits. You are going to take... I've already taken the damage for one of them. You are going to take 27 points of damage. 27 points of damage. Um, But DR is in effect, right? Yep. For fuck's sake. 
It's still up, buddy. Uh, okay. And you're gonna take a shit ton of damage. <laughs> this, this is gonna be Troy. You look, you look frightened. This is actually, this is actually real bad. Pretty bad. Uh, I'm gonna hand roll it. We're ta- we're talking about two hits that are coming through now in, in damage uh, numbers. Forty-four points of regular. Oof. And. 12 points of electricity on the first hit. See, I was going to put on a judgment of uh, uh, resistance against electricity, but I wasn't sure if it was going to use magic anymore. But now that I know that's attacks caused... It it comes through all of its attacks. That's brutal. And then 38 points of regular. And, oh, 19 points of electricity. God damn! That's a chunk. So, man, if I had hit on that first slam, that would have been three times worth of damage. Uh, but it just gets two slams around? It just gets two oh. slams around. All right, you're dead. You're not going to come back around again. So. Uh, and the quickened lightning bolt. Baron is unconscious. <gasps> what? Not, Whoa. Uh, how far down? It's not dead. Not dead. Not dead yet. Holy shit. <laughs> Matthew and Joe's face. <laughs> Okay. It is Sir Will's turn. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, you've got to be... Holy shit. Wow. Holy shit. Holy shit. Well, there's no way to know what his H. Pizzle is right now. The creature? No, a Baron. Oh, yeah. Or to know anything else about this creature. There's a way to know exactly what the creature's HP is, actually. That's true, technically. I'm just talking about, yeah, I'm just talking about Baron's HP. Well, there's no way to know what Baron's HP is right now. (laughs) (laughs) If only he were conscious and able to tell us. Oh, no. If I had to put a number on it. Uh, All right, I'm going to run the risk here. This is risky, but I'm sorry, Baron. Uh, Sir Will's going to turn around. He finishes his charge. (laughs) Turns, but he's facing the wall. So he's got to turn back around to face the creature again. Turns back around to face the creature and sees what looks like in that moment. Baron hit the ground, and he's just like, Shut up! No! And uh, he is going to charge over there, but he is going to... uh, He... He thinks this creature might be really ner- uh, dangerous, so he wants to still try to, to hurt it on the way. So uh, Sir Will charges with all haste past the creature and across. Just get a double check the DS because these spaces are so huge. Yep, I'm fine right there. Uh, that is a straight line. And uh, he moves out of the creature's reach, I believe, uh, as part of that. And I'll get one shot here. Uh, I'll go back to Alden again. Tilts the lance. Fulhamery! Fulhamery! Tries to strike Alden. That's a natural 15 this time. Uh, Nice. So hits again. This will bypass all uh, DR. Uh, That is 69 points of damage. Nice. Uh... Oh, no. Oh, is it going to explode or something? Yeah, it's going to explode. Oh, oh no. no. Yes, it has death throws. But hold on. Hold on. I've been thinking about this since Joe started talking. I wasn't even listening because I knew if you hit it, you were going to kill it. 
and it has death throes, which would kill Baron. The thing is, we fucked up. We fucked up. We've lost track of rounds. How many times have you gone, Mentor? Once. See, I shouldn't have been able to take that second AOO that I just took, because I took it on Baron's initial hit, and then... Nestor oh, went. The sec- that was on my round. Right. And I a- triggered my teamwork feat during on his Nestor. turn right, right. after it had taken it. Let me just make sure I don't have combat reflexes, because if I do, you are permanently oh. dead. However, you may still be permanently dead. What's How bad are the death throws? Uh, very, very, very bad. <laughs> okay. Uh, character killingly bad. <laughs> very, very, very bad. <laughs> um, I don't have combat reflexes. Okay. All right. So, a couple things are going to happen. That first attack was uh, 44 regular. That's what it's on. Um, Hero Lab, one of the great things it does is take it tracks. It tracks. Yeah, yeah. Damage, 44 yeah. for the first. And how much electricity was it? If that's the, Because that's a 12. tiny at 12. 12. All right, so give yourself back 44 and 12. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. So now he's fine. Well. Well. Not what? necessarily. What? <laughs> Uh, I, you know, when, it, when you get down to character death, you know, you want to make sure that you're not uh, fucking up any major numbers, and this would have been a grand fuck up. Obviously, hopefully, we would have caught it uh, over the next week, but this is, uh, you've killed the creature. Yeah! Okay. 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 <laughs> but, Can we please focus on the positive for a second <laughs> here? Yeah. But the death throes may kill Baron, because when it dies, its remains explode with a blast of lightning into razor-sharp splinters of wood. All creatures within 30 feet take 12d6 points of electricity <gasps> damage and 12d6 points of piercing. Oh my god! Oh my god. So 24d6 worth of damage. Had you taken that... Was it 44 and 12? Uh-huh. I, I wouldn't even roll the damage. Permadeath. You yeah. don't even need to look at it. But this may still be enough to kill you. Oh, my God. I need you to roll a reflex save. Okay. Do you want to <laughs> make it ceremonial? You want to do it in the middle of the room? You want to stand up? Sing something? Do anything special? You're uh, fine. You're fine. I'm ready to roll. I'm he's to he's roll. talking up a big game. Like you like always rolls. I don't want a Sour Patch Kid. I don't normally eat Sour Patch Kids when I roll. Here it comes. Hold on. I want to say something before he reads it off. Okay, but that's the roll. The roll happens. Regardless of the roll, I am casting a spell. Regardless of the roll, when the episode is over, I'm going to eat a Sour Patch Kid. <laughs> <laughs> Noted. <laughs> uh, you're going to cast a spell? Mm-hmm. Is it going to affect at all what we're doing? Mm-hmm. Okay. Could you have done that without knowing all the information I just gave you out of the kindness of my heart? Uh, yeah, definitely. We will discuss this later. Uh, what did you roll? 32. It's DC 31. <gasps> oh, my God! Oh, thank God. Oh, oh my no. God. I just saw oh, my God. Oh, my God. Literally. Now do you want a Sour Patch <laughs> Oh, man. So instead of 90 points of damage, you take 45. No, you do not. Because in that moment, charging past, skewering the creature, Sir Will turns to see this this vibrating thing that's going to explode, and he just sees 15 feet in between him and the, th- the creature is barren. And he's just like, Chef, no! And reaches out and just closes his eyes. And as the shards start flying towards Baron, he draws them all into himself. Whoa. And just... And just gets knocked off of Lexington, taking 45 points of damage. And we'll see you next week. Oh, <laughs> <my God. laughs>
Oh my oh god. Oh my god. Whoa. I picked the wrong day to stop huffing glue. <laughs> oh, holy <Ooh>. shit. <laughs> I thought that was it. <laughs> Uh, I was actually worried if he failed. If he failed, I'd be like, I don't want to take that much damage. <laughs> take 90. The Glass Cannon Podcast is a Glass Cannon Network production and is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Giant Slayer is copyright 2015. Giant Slayer and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission. 